Welcome to the Retirement Plan Playbook. I'm Matthew Thiel, a certified financial planner with RPA Wealth Management. I'm joined as always by Joshua Winterswag. Josh, how are you doing today? I'm doing well. Ready to start 2020. Yeah, crazy, right? Uh, new decade. I feel like the last one flew by. Yeah. And joining us back again on the podcast is RPA president, Brent Pasqua. Brent, how are you today? Doing great and uh, excited for the new year and, and happy to, to get this podcast kicked off for this year. Yeah. And tell us, how was your holidays? My holiday was outstanding. We had a few days off uh, because of the way that the break laid out. And my kids being three and five years old had a great Christmas and it's a perfect age to see their eyes when they see the presents that come and everything that goes with that special season. This is Santa came to your house? Oh yeah. Do you guys also do Elf on the Shelf? I know that's popular. We do. What's your elf name? Candy Can. <laughs> we have two. We have a boy and a girl. Oh, okay. And it'll come to me. Okay. <laughs> okay. You're putting me on the spot. <laughs> no, no, it's all good. <laughs> Sorry to put you on the spot. Uh, Joshua, how was your holidays? Uh, mine was great. It was my um, first Christmas as a married man. Um, and you know, got to just spend a lot of good family time with friends, with family and friends, with my wife, and uh, we enjoyed the break. So I'm excited for 2020. As yeah, well. I bet you had to do a lot of house hopping. We did. Yeah, we we bounced around for to a few different houses. Um, but it's always fun. You know, we uh, we we like to see all of our family and and, and jump around each house. So had a lot of fun. Yeah, that's basically what my holiday season is. Is house hopping and then finally on boxing day i get to sit down and relax and you know watch some premier league games and maybe a couple college football games yeah that's what i did on boxing day too it was nice i look forward to that day as well yeah did how you was your christmas oh it was good a lot of house hopping it doesn't really start though till boxing day 26 mm. yeah boxing day is nice are you familiar with boxing day i have no idea so it's a it's a UK holiday is that fair to say? Yeah, it's a British holiday. A British holiday, and um, they load the day with Premier League soccer. Uh, so for you know Premier League soccer fans like Matt and myself, it's just sit on your couch and recover from Christmas and watch soccer, which is nice. And that's all day long. Yeah, like for us, it's you know from early in the morning until about two. Yeah, I think the first game starts at like four or five a.m., and then the last game I think starts at noon. Yeah, on our time. But they're, for them, it's like our Sunday football all day. You know, nice. you're, you're kind of relating it to American sports. But So I remember what our elf's names were. Uh, it's Snowflake and Candy Can. And the reason it was Candy Can is because when my daughter named it, she was like two years old. She couldn't say Candy Cane. So she was just saying candy cans <laughs> the whole time. And so she That's ended cute. up naming it candy can. That's she really liked, cute. She likes candy canes. You know, I think I remember uh, your son telling me one of them's name was Snowflake. Yeah. So very cool. All right. So we've got a really important show um, lined up for our, for listeners today. Um, so to give you a little background, while most people were kind of enjoying the holiday season, there's actually a really important congressional um, retirement law that ended up passing and got signed into law by the president. So we have quite a few new tax and retirement laws that um, took effect on January 1st of 2020. Um, Brent, why don't you kind of give us a little introduction to the SECURE Act, which is what we are talking about, and what ended up happening to get this through? So the SECURE Act stands for Setting Every Community Up for Retirement Enhancement. It was actually passed by the House in the summer of 2019. 
And then it actually got stalled in the Senate and really had no traction at that point. But thanks to lobbyists, it was attached to an end of the year appropriations bill that Congress had to pass to keep the government running. And essentially on December 20th, the president signed in the SECURED Act. And there were pretty substantial changes now made to some of the features in retirement planning and some of these things that affect people's retirements. Yeah, there are some massive changes to um, retirement and tax planning. And unfortunately, there's so many changes that we're going to have to break this up over, you know, two or three shows over the course of the year. But we thought we would kind of focus today's show on the kind of the three or four more important changes that you could start impacting on your financial plan in, in 2020. Yeah, I think it's important to discuss the basic essentials to these changes and and how they're going to impact. And there, I think there's obviously key dates here that people are now going to be aware of and what those changes are. I think there's some immediate impacts. So I think those are good to from, you know, not going too deep into them and making it confusing. But on the surface, there's some really good changes for people to know about. Yeah. And if you retired in the last five years or you're planning to retire in the next five years, you need to listen to this show because your, your retirement is being impacted. Sure. I agree. There's a lot of important changes and I think it came as kind of a surprise. I don't think that we, we really had the expectation that it was going to get passed at the end of the last year. Yeah. And beyond the three that we're talking about or for today, I mean, there's a lot more beyond these and there was a lot that actually went into this. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, there is. And I, I honestly was one who I heard about this law passing the house in the summer and I didn't even read it because I was like, you know what? There's no way this is going through. Yeah. These are pretty substantial changes. Yeah. All right. Well, let's get started with the first one. Um, so this is a massive change. Just um, the stretch IRA is now dead. Josh, what was the stretch IRA? What was the old rule? The old rule for a stretch IRA is when someone passes away and leaves a qualified retirement account, their designated beneficiaries are able to stretch the distribution over their life expectancy. And so what that means in just a quick summary is, you know, if someone passes away and you're inheriting an actual retirement account, um, the IRS mandates that you do have to take a portion of that account out each year based off life expectancy. And that was the old rule. They use a mortality table and you have a calculation of a dollar amount each year that you have to take out once you inherit. And this was a benefit to people who inherited retirement accounts because they could continue to get tax deferral on the money they inherited. Is that correct? Correct. And not take it all out as a lump sum. So if you're inheriting a significant retirement account and you had to, you know, realize that lump sum payment, let's say the the payment was $100,000 that you inherited, that would all go on one year's tax return. So this was a strategy that not only helped tax wise um, in each year, but also with the tax deferral of the growth of the account. Yeah. Uh, so, so like as an example, let's say, you know, your mom passed away and you inherited $100,000. You're 50 years old. You roll that $100,000 into your inherited IRA. Before each year, you would have to take out, just to make numbers simple, let's say $3,500 out of the IRA to satisfy that distribution. That was under the old rule. Correct. Correct. Good example. Great example. Um, So tell us, Brent, what's the new rule? The new rule says that if you inherit a retirement account or qualified account, an IRA, Roth IRA, 401k plan, beyond the year in 2020 or beyond, 
the entire retirement account must be emptied by the end of the 10th year. So now essentially you cannot stretch that out and take payments like that $3,500 payment over your life. It now has to be taken out over 10 years or within 10 years. Sounds like tax revenue is about to go up. By the billions. So essentially what's happening here is instead of stretching this out over a 20 or 30 year period, you now have 10 years to take the money out and your tax bill is probably going to be slightly higher. Yeah. So in that same example, if you inherited 100000 I mean, you could be taking out 10000 each and every year. You could wait to the 10th year and take out the 100000 plus the interest it's made. You could take it out over the last five years. There's a lot of different ways that now you're being forced to potentially take that out in a, and pay a bigger tax bill in a sooner amount of time. So this is probably a net negative for the consumer. Yeah, I think, I think in most fair. instances, yes. Yeah, yeah it's, it's basically giving you one RMD 10 years from when you inherit the account. Right. Saying you just have to distribute all of that account by the 10th year. And it's one simple calculation of making sure it's all out of that account. Right. Now, Matt, there are some people that are exempt from this new rule, correct? There are. Um, so if you are a spouse and you inherit a retirement account, then you are exempt. If you are disabled, as defined by IRC section 72M7, you can Google that and look it up on your own what the definition is, you are <laughs> exempt. If you're chronically ill, as defined by IRC section 7702BC2, again, you could look that up on your own time, then you are also exempt from this rule. Here's one that's kind of confusing to say it's a mouthful, but if you are an individual who is not more than 10 years younger than the decedent, then you are also exempt from this rule. Um, this is one where I thought you could have some planning strategies around this for um, extremely wealthy families. You could continue to kick the can down the road. And then certain minor children are exempt from this, but once they reach the age of majority in the state, then they are no longer Exempt. So is that when the 10 years would start from the time of when they reach that age? You know, I'm actually not sure. Yes. Right. Yep. Yeah, I, I actually saw that, read about that um, exception, and the 10 years would start as soon as they become the age of majority of whatever your state mandates. So, right. you know, if your state says that age of majority is 18, 18. then at 18, the 10-year rule starts. Wow. Well, I'm going to open this as more of a <coughs> open-ended question directed to both of you, but what, what are some planning strategies around this? How can we help, you know, this is a obviously a net negative for consumers, but how can we help make it somewhat of a positive using financial planning? Uh, I think one of the positives are, you know, if you inherited an IRA and you're still working, but, you know, you're going to plan to retire, let's say, five years from now. Um, you can defer taking any distributions out of your inherited IRA till that point. And then when you're a lower tax bracket, because now you're retired, now you start taking out the distributions from the IRA. And yeah, absolutely. That makes a lot of sense. So essentially what you could do is plan your retirement around the new account you just inherited and distribute it all when, you, when your income is essentially zero. So you could maybe delay Social Security. Potentially, absolutely. You could delay taking your pension. Yes. You could delay taking any money from your own retirement account. Absolutely. And deplete your newly inherited IRA or 401k first, pay low taxes on it, 
and then start up your own retirement plan. Yeah, that would be kind of planning 101 that we could see on the surface. Yeah. It's a great, great strategy. Uh, any any planning strategies you see, Josh, besides that main one? I think this just creates an opportunity of reviewing you know, your estate plan because who is inheriting your money? There could be a difference of taxes about who inherits the actual account. Mm-hmm. So whether if it's a child, whether if it's a brother, a spouse. So I just think that it's with this new um, act that just passed, it's an opportunity to look at your estate plan and making sure that you understand the consequences of who is inheriting the money to making sure that we can limit the taxes as much as we can. So Yeah, it really changes things for grandkids inheriting money as IRAs. Yeah, and, and do we even have them inherit, right? So right. what assets are going to which people to make the most tax sense? So I think it just creates a, a really good opportunity to, if you haven't had an estate review or need to do one, here's yeah. another reason why to do it and making sure we get it right. Yeah, yeah I would say this now probably becomes one of the worst assets that a generation below yours can inherit. It yeah. just doesn't add. So that would be a grandchild. It mm-hmm. doesn't add a lot of benefit to it, uh, them at all and a lot of complication i mean for you know someone that's 18 managing an inherited ira that has to be liquidated in 10 years i mean you know what 18 year old wants to be dealing with that or their parents yeah. at that point and planning for it and dealing with the taxes so i yeah. think it just makes it a lot more complicated I, as well i i think what you're saying is absolutely correct that now you almost have to get back to the drawing board on how are all and which assets are all being distributed to who and when and how much. And now you have to re kind of calculate how that's all going to go because that just changed everything. Right. Yeah. Anything left on stretch IRAs? I'm sure there's going to be a lot more that comes with this. Um, I was thinking the same thing (laughs) through pass through provisions inside of this trust. And, and there's a lot more, I believe that's going to come through this, but I think for where we're at right now and how new the law is, let's let's leave it at that for, with this. Yeah, I, I agree. And I think the stretch IRA rule is so big that we'll be able to do a, its own, it'll get its own show sure. in the future. Yeah. yeah, and if you're out there listening and, and thinking about that pass-through trust, maybe that's what we add to the next episode too. So, um, Okay, so the next major one, and if the last one was a net negative, this is probably a net positive. I don't see how it can be viewed as a negative unless you don't qualify for this. But... The RMD rule, required minimum distribution, was moved from 70 and a half to um, 72. Josh, what was the, the old rule? So RMD, or required minimum distribution, is the amount that the IRS mandates that you have to take out of your qualified retirement accounts at the age of 70 and a half. So the old rule was 70 and a half starts your RMD, required minimum distribution. Brent, what's the new rule? The new rule basically states that any individual basically who hasn't or isn't 70 and a half in 2019 wouldn't have to start taking out their distributions from their IRA or 401k plan until actually 72. When I say 401k, that's assuming you're no longer working. So this is um, essentially what an RMD is, is the government's forcing you to take money out of your retirement account. Is that pretty accurate yeah so if you have an ira once before you had reached 70 and a half you had to start taking money out of it each year now they pushed it till 72 hmm that's interesting so 
what happens to someone who is of RMD age right now and they're 70 and a half, 71, or um, about to turn 72 this year, do they have to take an RMD? Yes. So they're not grandfathered in? No. They still have to take it. So if you've started, you're not stopping? Nope. If you were 70 and a half last year, you, you, you continue on. And I don't really know why they even had the 70 and a half. It just made it confusing to people. I think it was a positive to the rule change. Yeah. <laughs> like, now it's just 72. <laughs> yeah. Everyone's counting months on their fingers and, you know, when they, when in the year they turn 70 and a half. Yeah. I think for a planner, yeah, it's just easier to explain yeah. and track. Well, this rule is pretty straightforward, and I see this as a positive because obviously in a way you could just kick the can down the road um, and – you know, save on a tax bill. The RMDs, when you are a high net worth individual, can be um, quite a burden tax wise, and we do a lot of planning around that to help clients out. Brian, what are what are some planning strategies you could see here, um, if there are any? There there might not be any really good ones. Uh, the one that I see is if you are in a position to do Roth conversions, you can convert two more years of money from your. IRA or qualified account into your Roth IRA, which then makes it, you know, beneficial long-term on a tax deferral basis. So if you are working with an advisor or you are doing Roth conversions and it does help for another two years. Yeah, that does, especially for high net worth clients who are trying to convert to the Roth. Mm-hmm. Um, and that'll help actually with the, the stretch rule, right? Because yes. the, the stretch IRA rule does apply to Roth IRAs, yep. but you don't have to pay tax on it. So it's kind of just like you're taking a lump sum of tax-free money. Yep. And Josh, yeah. any other planning strategies? No, I think it, it just, when you're creating your withdrawal strategy or your plan and within your retirement plan, I think, again, it just opens up more opportunity. So this is, this is another opportunity um, change of... We're going to have, you know, two extra years to kind of strategically plan your withdrawal strategy for retirement because nothing's being forced to be taken out of your retirement accounts. So uh, I think that, you know, you have more flexibility as a consumer to manage, you know, your withdrawals or your income appropriately for two extra years. So, and I also was reading that it benefits people that, which makes sense, but people that were born in the first part of the year. Because of the 70 and a half rule, you're getting a full two extra years. So, you know, congrats to everyone that was born months one through six. (laughs) You're getting a full two extra years. Do you think think this changes people to work longer? Possibly. I mean, I think that there's a certain subset of the population who are overachievers and they have really no plan to stop working. And a lot of times, because of the way the retirement system does line up, that age 70 made a lot of sense to retire one because social security doesn't increase anymore and two because they're forced to start taking money out of their retirement accounts especially if they you know own a small business um there's actually a way around the 70 and a half rule if you are still working for your employer that said i wonder if this is a precursor to to move social security to 72. yeah that's what we were talking about yesterday that I think that this is a precursor for full retirement age going to probably 70. That would be my guess. And it wouldn't apply to people getting ready to retire right now, but it would be getting ready for, you know, people born in the seventies, I would assume. Yeah. 68, 70, somewhere, yep. up, somewhere in that age range. And then now 72 is where you get the full roll up. Mm-hmm. You're going to be working longer people. Yeah. Um, okay. So our next 
um, change is, is another net benefit if you do qualify for it. But previously, you had to stop contributing to your IRA at 70 and a half. And now that is, is no longer a thing. So Josh, explain the old rule to us. Yeah, you, you did a good job actually just with the title um, of the old rule, but you couldn't contribute in, into your IRA after 70 and a half was the old rule. So once you hit that 70 and a half, um, you were required, the old rule was you had to take an RMD, required minimum distribution, and you were not allowed to contribute any more money into your IRA. Perfect, well put. Brent, what's the new rule? The new rule states that an individual of any age can contribute to an IRA as long as they have earned income. Okay, so this is where people get confused. Josh, what's considered earned income? Earnings from working. So if you have small business, if you're working for an employer, so this is actually income that's being earned by your labor hours, if you want to call it that. So W-2 earnings, um, 1099 earnings, you can contribute to an IRA post 70 and a half now. Um, if you have a pension, you can, and that's your only source of income. No, you cannot call You do not qualify for this. If you have social security, no, you don't qualify for this. That's not earned income. You have to have actual working income. What are some planning strategies around this? Well, before you, once you are having to take out, you can no longer put in. So it's like if you're taking out and then putting in, it's kind of just offsetting. But now under the new rule, you can put in, but you're still going to be taking out if you're over 72. Right, so that's pretty interesting. It is, yeah, it is interesting. One thing that I was thinking, though, you could do is let's say that you have a spouse that's still working. Mm-hmm. You could use a spousal IRA here if you are retired, mm-hmm. if there is an age gap, and that, right, that, that would be a, a really good planning strategy, actually, to defer some extra money. Or whatever, and if you took your distribution from your IRA, converted it to your Roth. And they made contributions to your IRA. I don't know the law of that fine if you're allowed to do that, but it might be possible. Right. As long as you just realize the tax, but you know, with when there is an age gap and maybe even potentially if there's not, even just depending on like the, the couple's health, you know, one's projected to live a lot longer. Right. Let's still put money into that spouse's IRA sure. for the tax deferral. Right. I mean, that's a little bit more in-depth question with, with, the clients or the, the couple, but uh, really like that strategy, Matt, of maximizing a, a younger spouse Absolutely. through this period if there is an income. Yeah, so I think that's something I'll be doing with the majority of my clients this year who do still have working income will be utilizing spousal IRAs for those who, who do fit this criteria. Yeah, and in this rule in, in the Secure Act against screams people working longer. Right. <laughs> right. Like, we want to give benefits to people working longer. So here it is. Screams working longer and more tax dollars. Right. <laughs> and we're only, what, two weeks into this? Uh, yeah, if that. I mean, they're still paging through the law. You know how laws are in Washington. Right. Um, they were still getting clarifications on the, on the tax bill last year uh, right. with the IRS. They're still waiting for certain letters to be issued and clarifications around this rule or that rule. So... People are going to pick this rule apart and then they're going to have to get clarification. Sure. And two big rule changes, like all in the last couple of years, you know, like the tax law change and then the Secured Act. So a lot of planning opportunities and a lot of things to be mindful of. Makes yeah. Sense. 
So those are really the three big ones um, for retirees coming up in the, who will be retiring in the next five years or who already have retired in the last five years. There's been a number of changes though to retirement and tax laws. Um, a few that we did want to mention on the show to, to watch out for um, are gonna be annuities are now allowed in 401k plans. Um, Brent, I know you're the, the annuity guy on the show. Any commentary there? Yeah, it'd be another beware, you know, if depending on the types of contracts that they're putting into your 401k plan and how much you're going to contribute to the annuity contract and what you're going to actually get out of it, some of those cap rates and fixed rates, it, it screams to me, beware. Um, it's kind of crazy how we went from, um, you know, in 20, was it 2015 with Obama where it looked like annuities weren't going to be allowed to be sold in retirement accounts at all right um to this this new um law where now annuities will be placed in on probably everyone's 401k in the next two or three years yeah it's like the exact opposite of where the law was going and where it should have ended up and now we're here insurance lobbyists yeah i wonder where those lobbyists are coming from where they who they represented (laughs) (laughs) i think we could safely assume yeah Jackson National, <laughs> Prudential, yeah, Allianz. Um, this is a really cool, cool new change for young people. Um, so, in the year you have a child or adopt a child, you could uh, take a five thousand distri- dollar distribution from your IRA. Josh, this is cool, right? Yeah, yeah, I really like this um, in the Secured Act. And for the reason, again, just flexibility. I think a lot of younger people, when, when they're introduced to retirement planning, retirement accounts, one of the biggest knocks is that I can't take any money out until I'm 59 and a half. And they might just be getting started. So this gives some really nice flexibility um, within an IRA to say, okay, I can put some money in there, but if I have a life-changing event, like having a child, I can take out 5,000 and it can be from mine and it could also be from my spouse. So, you know, that money can be used for, variety of different things when you're having a child. Those years can be projected to be very expensive when you have a child. So uh, really like this new rule. Did you read a lot about this rule? Uh, I I did. So, okay, I didn't really read about this rule, but I have a question for you. And um, I think this would actually make this rule non-beneficial for high high earners. But um, is the distribution tax-free or do you have to pay the tax? It's waiving the penalty that tax is still owed okay from what i understand and does it qualify for roth iras i have to double check on that that'll that'll be next episode i didn't read on the roth provision for that but well because you can see why if you know you're a high net worth earner in a high tax bracket yeah this law doesn't wouldn't even apply to you absolutely absolutely i think it just it's another tool in your toolbox you know Absolutely. Um, from an from an IRA to look into, so really like that. Um, and you have a full year to withdraw it, so you have some time to research after your your child's born. So what, a lot what your tax situation would too. be. So, oh, I know Matt, you and I don't have any any children yet. So no, no, we'll have to look into that law to see if we're going to take advantage of it. But Brent, how do you feel? Uh, I mean, I'm done having kids, so I'm looking <laughs> at you two. <laughs> yeah. It might be a little benefit for you guys. Yeah. I was like, oh, finally a law that could benefit me. <laughs> All right. And, and then on the small business side, um, there was a lot of laws passed um, to essentially get you to adopt a retirement plan. Um, two of them being one, there's now a tax credit for a, a small business that establishes a retirement plan. Um, Brent, you'll have to make sure we get that tax credit this year. Yes. 
And then finally, if you use auto enrollment in a retirement plan, there's also a tax credit if you're a small business owner for doing that as well. Like I said, there's a lot of changes. If you do own a small business, you know, reach out to your financial planner or give us a call because we would love to help you with these new rules and take advantage of them, pay less taxes and help your employees out on the 401k side. Like I said, tons of changes. We don't have time to go over everything on today's show, um, but we plan to at least do two or three more shows this year. One for um, retirees, the second one for small business owners, and the third one would probably be more general. And then maybe, Josh, do you think we could probably dive in deep to the stretch IRA and do a whole show on that? I think so. I think there's a lot to that. And I think giving even some examples through that show. So excited to do a stretch IRA is dead show by itself. Me too. And then Brent, I think um, you could probably do a show on, on your own about the annuities and 401k plans once we get some more clarity around that, right? Absolutely. And we're waiting for... Um, you know, the products to actually be released and see them start showing up in the plan before we could really comment. Yeah, I think into this this first next six to eight months, we're going to be working with all of our clients on seeing how these changes apply to them specifically and the changes they need to make in their plans. And any new clients that are coming in here will adopt their plan, adapt their plan to with the new rules and the new laws and make sure it's all up to date with with these big changes, because these are pretty substantial. Yeah, absolutely. They're huge changes. Uh, anything left today, Josh? No, uh, just the last two bullet points. Um, we're both around small business. So again, excited to do a small business um, episode of the Secured Act because I think these can help a lot of small business owners. Another opportunity for some planning. Absolutely. Brent, anything else today? No, I was surprised to see this pass, but it's fun to talk about. It is. It's good. And it keeps our, our job fresh and fun. And we, you know, we can't wait to help you plan in, in 2020 and beyond. Um, thank you for joining us today on the Retirement Plan Playbook. If you go to retirementplanplaybook.com, uh, you can download our ebook. You can check out the show notes. And you can also just, you know, leave us a message and reach out and tell us how you're liking the show. Thank you for listening and have a great day. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. RPA Wealth Management is a state-registered investment advisor located in Rancho Cucamonga, California. Registration does not imply a certain level of skill or training. RPA Wealth Management may only transact business in those states and jurisdictions in which it is registered or qualifies for an exemption or exclusion from registration requirements. A copy of RPA Wealth Management's current disclosure statement, Form ADV Part 1, containing RPA Wealth Management's business operations, services, and fees is available by accessing the SEC's Investment Advisor Public Disclosure website. RPA Wealth Management will provide Form ADV Part 2A from Brochure and 2B Brochure Supplement to interested parties upon request. Information provided on this podcast should not be construed as a solicitation or offer or recommendation to acquire or dispose of any investment or engage in any other transaction. RPA Wealth Management does not render or offer to render personal investment advice or financial planning advice through its podcast. RPA Wealth Management podcasts are intended for information and educational purposes only.